You are listening to the First Tech Podcast. These podcasts are designed for authorised financial advisors. If you're not an authorised financial advisor, it's important you understand the content of this podcast may be difficult to follow, as it assumes you have the necessary training, qualifications and experience to understand the concepts discussed as well as the technical language used. If you still decide to listen, please understand the information contained in this recording is general information only and does not take into account any of your personal circumstances, needs or objectives. Any scenarios considered during this podcast are purely hypothetical and for illustrated purposes only and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase, hold or sell any financial products or take any other course of action. The government has recently reduced the social security deeming rates to historically low levels from 1 May this year. Now, these reductions reflect the current low interest rate environment and have resulted in increased social security entitlements for many income tested clients. The reduction in deeming rates has also had a number of other implications for social security advice. I'm Craig Day, head of the First Tech team, and here to talk to us today about these changes is Kim Guest from the First Tech team. G'day, Kim. Hi, Craig. How are you? I'm well, and you? Not too bad, not too bad. Now, as I just mentioned, uh, the government has actually mucked around with the deeming rates. Now, given I'm not a retiree, uh, subject to uh, subject to the income test, I don't keep an eagle eye on these deeming rates. I know that they've reduced. So what have they gone down to? Yeah, so they're historically low levels. Ever since deeming came in back in 1996, they've never been so low. So at the moment, we have a lower deeming rate of 0.25%, um, mm-hmm. and we have an upper deeming rate of 2.25%. So they're very low. Um, the the deeming thresholds are fifty three thousand for singles and eighty eight thousand for couples combined. Um, but those lim- deeming rates are so low because if you look at the average um, deeming rates over the you know since it started in nineteen ninety six, on average have been two point six for the lower one and four point three for the upper one. So you can see that the current zero point two five and two point two five are very very low even compared wow. to the average. Yeah, yeah, wow. So just to reiterate there, so. Um, let's say I've got $60,000 worth of assets. The first 53, if I'm a single, is being deemed at just 0.25%. Mm-hmm. And the amount over and above that is being deemed. So the extra, what was it, $7,000 was being deemed at 2.25%. So that's the way it works. And the, the threshold there for couples is $88,000. Was that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. So obviously, with these historically low deeming rates... Um, what impact is actually this having for people on the age pension? Yeah, so there was a big outcry to reduce the deeming rates, of course, so that they reflect um, the low rates of return that people are getting from their actual investments out there in the real world. Yeah, um, there was. That, I remember that. Yeah. Yes, lots of political pressure was was put on. Um, and so they, they have reduced them now, and that's actually had a lot of... Um, implications for people's social security entitlements so actually age pensioners first i guess yeah sorry yeah no actually i was just going to say i remember i was down in melbourne and this must be about about mm, five six years ago and it was in the middle of winter and it was just outside flinders street station and there were all these retirees that were taking all their clothes off and getting into the nude (laughs) 
to to protest that uh, the that the deeming rates were too high. So that's <laughs> that's wow, how well passionate said. some people get <laughs> yeah. when you get retirees stripping their clothes off in the middle of downtown Melbourne, um, complaining yeah. about deeming rates. So anyway, sorry, I wow. I just remembered that, <laughs> so I thought I'd reiterate that. Are you sure that, that was <laughs> real? That wasn't a dream. <laughs> no, no. I tell you what, it, you can't unsee that when you've seen it. I'll tell you. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, so obviously the protests work and the demo rates have now reduced. Um, and so if we think about aged pensioners, first of all, what, what impact has this lower deeming rates had on them? Well, firstly, it's meant that a lot of, a large number of income tested pensioners, and actually when you look at, you know, whether people are income, more people are income or asset tested, it's actually income tested. Most people are affected by the income test rather than the asset test if they're receiving a part pension. Right. And a large number of those income tested people now have moved to being, you know, from part pensioners to full pensioners because their assessable income has reduced as a result of the deeming rate. So that's really great news for those age pensioners. Mm -hmm. Mm. And the second thing it's meant is that a lot of people who were part rate pensioners and were impacted by the income test uh, now may have moved to the asset test because, um, as you know, you look at the income and the asset test and whichever one pays you the lower rate of pension yeah. is the one yeah. that applies. Mm-hmm. And so because we've now reduced their assessable income by reducing the deeming rate, some people have flipped over to being asset tested instead of income tested. So who's and, that? Is yeah. that is that true for, because like, we've got homeowners and non-homeowners, who's, like, can you give me an example there? Yeah, so homeowners particularly, um, homeowners have the lower level of assets um, before, you know, the pension starts being impacted. And so for them, like if you look at a couple homeowner, and if we assume all that couple homeowner have is financial investments in say 10K of other assets such as household contents or a car, um, then those couple homeowner actually will not be income tested. There is no level of financial investments where the deeming on so, that causes them to be income tested. They will wow. go straight from um, being a maximum rate to flipping to the asset test um, because, you know, the income test just never comes into just being never, the test that affects you, their age pension. You, you never, with, with that mix of assets, you're never going to have enough deemed income to actually no. have the income test give you the worst result. So you're always going to be assets tested. Yeah, that's it. And, and even single homeowners, there's a very, very narrow range of um, financial investments that will cause them to be income tested and then as soon as it goes above a, a, a li- that little range they flop to being asset tested so homeowners predominantly are going to be asset tested if all they've got is financial investments of course if they've got other income you know maybe they've got a defined benefit pension or employment income that will change things that could cause them to be income tested so, but we're talking about just people who have got financial investments such as deemed account-based pensions for example so is that like is that a big change so i think you said previously that the majority of people were income tested. So does this does this mean now the majority of age pensioners who are on a part pension are likely to be assets tested rather than income tested? Well, I did search for the statistics and they haven't been released yet. So um, right. I could find the number of people who were income or asset tested back in March. That was the last time the government published it. Um, and there were certainly more income tested people than asset tested people at that time. But I haven't I haven't got the stats since the 1st of May. So I don't know exactly how that split is now. Right. Um, is that your dog? <laughs> that's my dog. 
<laughs> Sorry about that. He obviously gets uh, very agitated about um, whether people are income tested or assets tested. Well, anyway. Understandably so. <laughs> right. Anyway, we'll keep going. Um, okay. Yeah, so, um, yeah, a bit upset about something, not quite sure. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, if someone could do something about the dog, that would be appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, we can cut that bit out now. You can tell um, this isn't a scripted podcast. Can no, you can. <laughs> Indeed, you can. Life, work life in the in the age of COVID. Yeah. Now, um, so getting back to this topic, so we're now likely to have, I suppose, thinking about it, a lot more full rate. So that's what you're telling me: full rate and assets tested pensioners. So mm. if I'm a financial advisor. What does that mean for the advice that I'm providing? Yeah, so it's really interesting. So if we think about um, the people who were income tested and now have moved to being, you know, receiving the maximum rate of age pension, it means for those people they could probably earn a little bit more accessible income now and um, before they're actually impacted by the income test. So maybe they um, could get some earnings from a part-time job if there's any jobs around at the moment or... um, maybe more likely draw a higher level of um, pension payments, perhaps if they've got a grandfathered account-based pension. And that increase in accessible income, you know, they still might get the maximum rate of age pension because they've now got a bit more room under the income test because their deemed income has reduced. Um, and the second thing is that those clients who've changed from being income tested to asset tested um, due to the reduction in deeming rates, Now it means that if we want to look at strategies for them to try and maximise their age pension, it's actually asset test strategies that are important. Income test strategies won't do anything because they're not income tested. So it's asset tested strategies that are going to be effective. And as we know, asset tested strategies can be very effective because of the taper Mm. rate. So, you know, for every $1,000 that you reduce their accessible assets, they get an extra $3 per fortnight of age pension. And that works out to be a return of 7.8% per annum, which is pretty good. Um, so so those asset test reduction strategies, even if it's just a small reduction in assets, can actually, you know, have quite an impact. Right. So I remember when, um, when was it? I think it was back in 2015 that they they increased the taper rates from previously i think um howard costello government reduced it down to a dollar 50 and they put it back up to three dollars when was $3. that three dollars i can't remember exactly it was around about because 2015 is when they changed the account based oh, pensions the... to be deemed wasn't it but was that also the same time i can't quite remember uh, no it was i think mm. it was either 12 months before or 12 months after it wasn't at the same time okay. but uh anyway showing our ignorance of the rules but i remember <laughs> at that uh at that time uh that there was i'll never forget this there was there was an article on the front page of the australian financial review because they were talking about you know increasing the tape rate back up to three dollars and you get this 7.8% return. And they gave a case study of uh, Beryl in uh, Fairfield West in Sydney. So for those people that don't know Sydney, Fairfield is in the west of Sydney, uh, and Fairfield West is even further west. Uh, so unless you're in Perth, generally west means probably a lower socioeconomic. Um, and so she um, she was interesting because she had... Uh, uh, to be quote John Howard, he might have been one of her battlers through the life, um, and they'd saved up mm. a certain amount, and then her her spouse had passed away sadly, 
Um, and then what she did was actually she went on the uh, the trip of the lifetime. I think that trip of a lifetime for her was a cruise in Alaska that she and her, her husband and previously deceased had always planned to take. Uh, and then she was going to come home from that after spending a lot of money, a lot of discretionary money uh, on that holiday. And she was actually going to get a pay rise <laughs> in terms of her taking into account her account-based pension then because of her increased age pension entitlement because she was spending so much money on a holiday, she was actually going to get a pay rise. So I always remember that as uh, quite an interesting kind of example of these asset-tested kind of strategies. So what are the what are the other things people can do rather than go on a on a all expenses paid cruise to Alaska? It's a bit hard to do that now with the travel restrictions oh, it is, COVID. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so maybe some and I mean all jokes aside, that was actually I remember that article and that made it quite hard for financial planners at the time because a lot of people said, Look, I should just go and blow my money and yeah. get more age pension and mm. well, of course that's true, then you don't have the money anymore. But um I think there's a lot of conversations going on about that. But Perhaps some other strategies, you know, the standard ones that we've had for quite some time to reduce assets. I mean, one of the first ones is just to make sure that the current balances are updated with Centrelink. I mean, with all of these market fluctuations that we've been having, um, quite often Centrelink might have old numbers on their system for bank account balances and shares and managed funds and so forth. So sometimes just updating your balances with Centrelink. Um, can also you know reduce your accessible assets, but yeah, other that, strategies. I mean, that'd be sorry. important now as well because we've seen the markets. You know, obviously since late February um, mm. dive, I think we're at the worst. We're about thirty five, thirty six percent off. Um, so I suppose there, you know, interesting that you say re-reporting your asset values because I suppose. Not only are we reporting potentially now a much lower asset balance if I've got something like an account-based pension, you know, exposed to some level of Australian shares, which have been uh, through a quite significant downturn, and then we get these lower deeming rates. You're kind of getting a double whammy there in terms of benefit, aren't you? Well, not that you would think that a reduction in your account-based pension value is a benefit, but it could um, mm. compound on each other to result in a, in a higher um, age pension entitlement. But sorry, I've cut across you. Keep going. No, that's okay. I mean, if you, it's a good point. Like, first step though is to have a look at what is Centrelink assessing because they do update account bank account based pension balances through the automatic reporting from that super funds do. Um, and so you have to have a look at you know what balance was um, is on the system and has it reduced since that time before you go and update those um, balances. Same with shares and managed funds. Centrelink mm-hmm. do update them couple of times a year um, and so it's important to have a look at what is the value that's on there and has it actually gone down yep. since that time um, before asking for a reassessment of those and we've got some articles about those reassessments on on the first tech site too so it's a, it's a good idea to have a look at that yep. um, but yeah some other strategies are well of course um, putting money into accumulation super if you're under age pension age and you're you're on a yep. carer payment or a disability support pension or something always is always good. Or if you're mm-hmm. a member of a couple and one of you happens to be underage pension age, putting money in accumulation phase for a younger spouse is exempt. And so that's what, that can be effective. Uh, lifetime annuities that comply with the capital access schedule and get that, you know, 60% yep. um, asset assessment um, that drops down to 30%. They could be effective. Um, spending money and like Beryl did on a mm-hmm. holiday or renovating your principal home can be um, effective. 
Actually, thinking um, about that, just coming back to good old Beryl, I remember I was, well, remember, I was reading an article just this morning about um, this COVID-19 early access measure. And they were doing an analysis about where this $20,000 has been spent and there was some sort of criticism that people were spending it on non-discretionary, oh, sorry, discretionary items, um, mm. alcohol, gambling, um, all this mm. sort of stuff. Um, but, but, and, and, the, and the criticism was all these young people don't know how to manage their money. And yet what we're saying here is, you know, Beryl, she's, she's 70 and she's doing exactly the same thing. She's going out <laughs> and spending her money. It's actually a rational response to, to these kinds of rules. It is, yeah, mm. it is. But I guess um, you don't want to go too far with that one no. either, because <laughs> no, no, not a, there yet, that is so, not a recommendation yeah. to anyone to go <laughs> no. and spend money. No, no. no. Um, and so, gifting and funeral bonds, so all the normal kinds of um, strategies that we would look at. It's just that now we may have more people who are asset tested, and those strategies may be effective for. Okay, now. This is interesting, right? So we've talked about people receiving the age pension, but not everyone in retirement receives the age pension. Um, what about deeming and things like eligibility for the Commonwealth Seniors Health Card? Is is that impacted by these deeming, deeming rate changes? Because my parents, right, they, they saved all their life. They don't get any age pension, but they love that Commonwealth Seniors Health Card. Um, would this mm. potentially bring more people onto it? Yeah, it, it may. I mean, when you look at the Commonwealth Seniors Healthcare Card Income Test, you know, it's based on their adjusted taxable income. And so, of course, that's not impacted by deeming. That's just, you know, based on their, their tax return predominantly. But it also includes deeming on account-based pensions unless they come under the grandfathering rules. And so if somebody has an account-based pension that's deemed, this reduction in the deeming rates will reduce the accessible income from that account-based pension. And if we look at somebody who, you know, all they have is an account-based pension, they don't have any other adjusted taxable income, they can actually have 2.2 million in an account-based pension for a single person now, or 3.6 million for a couple, and um, be eligible for the Commonwealth Seniors Healthcare Card. So wow. of course those balances we don't see very much anymore since the introduction of the transfer balance cap, but, but it does show that someone can have a really substantial amount um, in an account-based pension subject to deeming and still be eligible for the Commonwealth Seniors Healthcare Card these days. So perhaps people who haven't been eligible before may now be eligible. Wow. Wow. So multi-millionaire Commonwealth Seniors Health Card recipients. Here we go. Now, what about um, people receiving allowances? So, you know, this, well, not not, it's not new, but the, the renamed job seeker payment. Um, deeming's involved there. How are they impacted? Yeah, so it's a little bit complicated because, um, as you know, they've made a number of changes to the income and assets test for job seeker payment, and this is predominantly because of the, you know, the economic impacts of coronavirus, and so they've they've really tried to open up the eligibility for job seeker payment so that, you know, people can access that payment during these really tough times. Um, mm -hmm. And so one of the things that they did was they temporarily suspended the assets test for job seeker payment. And it comes back in again on the 25th of September. So right now, you know, there's no no asset test that applies at all. And so if you look at people who have financial investments, um, there's no asset test, there's low deeming rates. It actually means that someone could have 
a fairly substantial amount in financial investments and still be eligible for job seeker payment, wow. um, you know, even though you have that allowance income test um, kicking in. In fact, we did some calcs and a single person could have over a yeah. million dollars in financial investments, assuming they had no other income at all, um, and still, you know, get some job seeker payment under the income test. You'd also, I imagine, have to take into, if they've got a spouse, you'd have to take into account their income. But Wow. And the spouse is, yeah. is different again. Yeah. Wow, yeah. million dollars in assets sitting there and they're still getting job seeker. Wow, that's mm. these are interesting yeah. times. Interesting. They time. are, but it mm. won't last for very long because the asset ah, test is right. actually being reintroduced <laughs> on yep. the twenty fifth of September. Um and so, you know, that situation's gonna change. You won't be able to have a million dollars anymore. Sure. Um not that it go down to about you know. two two sixty eight or something, I think. Yeah, that's right, for a single homeowner. It's about two hundred sixty-eight thousand. So um, any any assets above that will cut you off altogether, you know, from for job seeker payment. So definitely, if you've got clients who are on job seeker, um, you may want to review their situation before you know the twenty fifth of September when the asset test comes back in, because they might and, a cliff. and see whether they're still going to be eligible. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, I suppose um, in that situation, if they have that, you know, someone with seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of assets, which may be expected to start using those savings to help support themselves. Yeah, that's, that's right. I mean, I don't think there's yeah. a lot of people who have that level of financial investments that are that are probably on job seeker payment, but you know, they may be just over the asset threshold um, and, and and it might take a little bit of um, you know, strategies to maybe look at putting some in super, although of course there's they might not be able to access it if they need it, so that's obviously a consideration, but um, just restructuring their assets in some cases to get them under that asset test threshold um, may be of assistance for these people. But of course, it's a, it's a really complicated um, area because they made, you know, asset tests, they suspended until the 25th of September. They also made some changes to the income test, mm -hmm. um, particularly the partner income test. Partners can earn a lot more now and um, you can still get a job seeker payment. So it's really important to, to do the calcs under both the income and the assets test, figure out which one is the affecting one, even after the 25th of September when things change. Um, and then you can you can concentrate on what kind of strategies might be effective for that client. So so if I'm listening to you, basically, so because of these changes, we may see a lot of people now on the assets test. All the assets test is impacting the amount of job seeker that they get. So therefore, any strategies, asset test strategies we can think of, uh, may be effective in in helping them get below that that threshold that's coming up. That's um, right, because it's a hard yeah. cutoff, isn't it, for yeah. job seeker? As soon as you get a dollar over the threshold, you get nothing. So, you know, if, if um, their assets are going to be slightly over, you might be able to do a few things to get them under that threshold. But then, yeah, the income test is going to come into play then, and they've made some changes to the personal income test and the partner income test. So really important to have a look at what that situation is going to be post 25th of September. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for that, Kim. Um, if you want any more information about the, the impact of deeming rates, please see our article, Impact of Low Deeming Rates, on the First X site. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the First Tech Podcast. Please remember, these podcasts are designed for authorised financial advisors. If you're not an authorised financial advisor, you need to remember that any scenarios considered during this podcast were for purely hypothetical and illustrative purposes only and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase, hold or sell any financial products or take any other course of action.
And finally, you should read the relevant product disclosure statement before making any investment decision and once again consider talking to a financial advisor. While all care has been taken in preparation of this podcast using sources we believe to be reliable and accurate, no person including Colonial First Aid Investments Limited or Commonwealth Bank Group of Companies accepts responsibility for any loss suffered by any person arising from reliance on this information.